Join Boss Up Magazine at the second annual Boss Bash in Washington, D.C., October 24, 2020, from 1 to 6 p.m. This event is going to be bringing bosses together. It will offer a dynamic speaker panel, amazing vendors, phenomenal meet and greets, and so much more. If you are located in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, please come out to this amazing event and have a good time. Expand your network and boss up. For more details about this event, you can learn more at bossupmag.org slash bossbash. See you there. Yo, you are listening to the Boss Bar Podcast, the show that brings you an intimate conversation with the boss behind the business. The Boss Bar, brought to you by Boss Up Magazine, is the official podcast for the emerging bosses in the business, entertainment, and political world. Want to learn more about our guest? Simply go to bossupmag.org. We have an amazing show lined up for you today. So without further ado, here's your host, Destiny, the Fly Girl. Welcome to the Boss Bar Podcast, where we introduce you to the boss behind the business. Today on the show, I'm talking to Dr. Dion Mahafati, who is a tech entrepreneur, author, business psychologist, and owner of Culture Greetings. Culture Greetings is an innovative card, greeting card platform that allows users to choose a greeting card, write a personal note using handwritten font, and click send, which will print. The company then mails the card directly to the recipient the following business day, saving customers a trip to the store. Dr. Dion has been featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, CNN, Huffington Post, and BuzzFeed, to name a few. And we're honored to have her here on the Boss Bar Podcast today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dion. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Let's get right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Um, Sure. Well, I'm an organizational psychologist um, in the Atlanta area. I primarily coach startups and assist Fortune 100 companies with very complex technology engagement. Also, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. So for the last 20 years or so, I've been, you know, at the forefront of innovating for other companies as well as for my own platforms um, for a myriad of different software implementations. My current one is Culture Greetings, which is a technology-enabled greeting card platform, but not to be confused with e-cards. It is a real Mm. physical card, you know, real physical card that you get in the mail, um, that that someone gets in the mail um, based on, you know, the holiday or occasion that you're sending a card to your loved ones for. Okay. That's interesting. Now, what made you kind of decide to go in that in that realm instead of keeping it as an e-greeting card? Well, I mean, no one really uses e-greeting cards. Um, they're pretty much, um, you know, not a technology that has ever been fully embraced. I think mm-hmm. even with the advent, with even with the advent of, you know, social media, um, even with you know how much we text people happy birthday or post on their social platform or profiles, we still, most of us, want the classic touch of a real mm-hmm. greeting card in the mail. And so when you think about coupling innovation with the classic touch of social expression, this sort of, um, you know, addresses both of those desires. To have it be quick, 
right? You can you can write inside of the card as quickly as you could post on Facebook, except the mm-hmm. only extra step is to check out, specify their address, and then through automation we print that card and stuff the envelope and, and then we mail it to them the next business day. So they'll get it in the mail as if you sent it yourself. So you get the convenience of technology coupled with the classic touch of a real greeting card in the mail. That's really a great idea. It kind of just still gives you that same touch of humanity instead of just the singular, linear, um, you know, I mean, honestly, the online greeting cards are kind of like memes or pictures now these days. So I like that human touch you guys have. Thank you. Um, Can you tell me what school you went to and what did you study that kind of got you into this field of technology and um, Internet spaces? Um, you want all the schools because I have a doctorate degree and a couple of masters. <laughs> and also, so, uh, yeah, I'm an organizational psychologist. Um, okay. I went to school many, many moons ago. Um, mm-hmm. Started out at, at, um, at an HBCU, graduated from Auburn, um, you know, mm-hmm. did graduate studies at Central Michigan, and also additional graduate studies at the Colorado School of Professional Psychology. So mm-hmm. I, um, you know, have been working in the tech space for years, and because I love greeting cards, this is just one area where I decided to innovate, um, especially for the African-American community. My cards are um, all targeting black people. So mm. when it's like that walk down the greeting card aisle, except you see us, because usually when you walk down the greeting card aisle, you don't see images of us. And mm-hmm. while there are companies that do have some representation for us. They're not owned by us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even if their designers are us, we still don't own the brand. And you don't really see a lot of evolution through the years with the brand. You see the same cards every year. So Mm -hmm. um, with my cards, although I design the lion's share of them, I do have real artists who, um, for example, Mr. Steve Allen, his work is in the permanent collection at the National Museum of African American History and Culture in D.C. So Mr. Steve Allen's cards are on the website. He's also the first African American artist to be commissioned by the Olympics. So every four years, the Olympics commissions different artists from different communities to mm-hmm. represent the athletes um, from across the world, and he's one of those artists. I also have Jesse Rodales, who is a very well-known celebrity artist, and he is the first Latino artist commissioned by the Olympics. I have an artist from Tanzania whose work, um, Abu Wenya, whose work is on the site. I have um, a black woman who does all of the LGBTQI cards on the site, Um, a world, um, a a very um, well-known, award-winning um, animation artist whose his, his animations are on really major TV shows, animated shows, and some of his cards are on the site. So in addition to the cards that are designed in-house, we also have featured work from very prominent artists. Wow, that's really great. Um, I, I really want to know, though, what in your career path kind of led you into the tech field? Like, what did you want to do this when you were younger, or what was it that kind of uh, lit that spark for you? What in my career path? Well, my career is technology. So my degree, okay. 
um, from an undergraduate perspective, is in technology. Um, so when I graduated from college, there weren't a lot of blacks in technology, but mm-hmm. I, um, you know, was still pursued the field and worked in the field. My first job was as a software developer um, mm-hmm. when I graduated from college in 1992. So the career field, the career path was a chosen career path. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't something I decided to do later. Mm-hmm. It's something that I always set out to do. I learned how to code at 15 years old in high school. So, oh, wow. um, you know, um, way back when on the old machine languages. So mm-hmm. this has been my career for the last, you know, almost 30 years um, okay. is how long I've been in the tech field. And how long have you been an entrepreneur in that field? Um, over 20 years, yeah. I started okay. in entrepreneurship pretty early. Um, one of my first um, major um, entrepreneurial endeavors was developing black history software back when you had to install software on the computer from a disc <laughs> or CD-ROM. You know, mm-hmm. Then at one point um, in the dawn of the Internet boom, um, when all the talk about the digital divide and people not having access at home, I toured the country with then-President Bill Clinton talking about new markets and digital divide and created um, a free ISP service which was the way that you got online at the time Mm -hmm. um, and had over a million users targeting also then black people. Um, And then I had um, a a concierge type of um, management software platform that was licensed from me by the NFL. So my company Mm -hmm. for three years um, had a – basically a dial-in, call-in, page-in, two-way-in kind of service that the players use. We were an official human resources benefit given to them um, where they were able to contact us for, you know, different types of lifestyle requests. But the software platform that we used allowed the, the players' union, which was our client, to take that data and to see how players spent their money and their leisure time. So that, that was like kind of at the early stages or before it's time from an analytics and marketing analytics perspective that people are doing now. So this has just been the field that I've been in. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, and clearly you like it and you're experiencing so much success in it as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing it for 30 years if I didn't, if I didn't <laughs> enjoy what I did. Okay, so let's talk about demographics and your customer breakdown. Um, what are what is the typical uh, outlook or demographic of the customer that you serve um, on your culture greetings platform? Um, well, African Americans, of course, because it's mm-hmm. a, a black greeting card um, platform. And you know, when you think about um, the greeting card industry itself. It's a $6.5 billion, it's a $7 billion industry, and mm-hmm. people buy $6.5 billion greeting cards every year, wow. um, according to the Greeting Card Association, um, the most common card being a birthday card. And then mm-hmm. there are secondary occasions like sympathy and thank you and weddings and Speaking of you, get well and congratulations. And then seasonally, of course, it's Christmas cards. There are $1.6 billion Christmas cards that are sold um, annually, and also seasonally 145 million Valentine's cards sold. Um, mm-hmm. Mother's Day is 133 million, and Father's Day 90 million. 
graduation, $67 million. So, you know, huge market for um, the greeting card industry. Um, and like I said, with, even with the advent of technology, um, you find that younger buyers who are tech savvy are the most engaged in buying paper greeting cards. They just rather mm-hmm. buy them online and not in the stores. Okay. Okay. So, um, do you have? Are there other companies that are doing this? Are you the main one, or how does that work? Um, yeah, there are other companies that allow you to mail a card to someone. We're the okay. only black company in this space that does that with the type of. Yeah, so we're a black reading card company that allows you to pick a card through technology, personalize it with a note, it looks like real handwriting, and then mm-hmm. mail that card directly to your recipient from your device so that you don't have to leave the house. So that is mm-hmm. the value proposition is that it's a greeting card platform for black greeting cards that allows you to mail the card directly to um, the recipient. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really love that model. Um, let me ask you, you sound like someone who has just been in this industry for a while and you're a trailblazer. You're a trailblazer in this field. Um, it really seems like you have what I would call a success mindset. Would you agree? Sure, yeah, for sure. I tried to. What are, <laughs> what are some <laughs> habits or things that you feel that you've been able to build into your lifestyle that have made that possible for you to have that mindset? Um, I think, you know, just being consistent and following through. So when you have an idea, um, one of the critical things that you have to do after you did envision the idea is to not be afraid to move forward. A lot of people have great ideas. Most of us have ideas every year that could give us financial freedom, but the majority of people don't follow through. So just Mm -hmm. making sure that you stay focused and that you follow through. Um, Also, you know, not being afraid to fail because most of us who are entrepreneurs, we fail more times than we succeeded. The reason Mm -hmm. that you get the one success oftentimes is because of the 10 failures that came before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then also just plan. You can't just think about doing something you don't document or research or plan out the steps that it's going to take. And sometimes those steps can scare you because you're like, a lot of people get overwhelmed, clients that I work with, they get overwhelmed. It's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I didn't realize it was going to take all of this. So just take it one day at a time, one little bite-sized piece. Start planning it, and it's not going to happen overnight. Maybe it's going to take you a year to launch that thing, maybe 30 days. Maybe yeah. and, 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 and get help where you can. If there are people that you can outsource certain things to, then try to do that. Find some mm-hmm. trusted partners that Definitely. you can find that will help you move that thing forward. And so just being consistent and get over the fear plan it, and sometimes you have to keep it to yourself also um, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of entrepreneurs look for validation outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Most successful entrepreneurs don't look for validation outside of mm-hmm. ourselves. It's all about if you were given the idea, you were given it for a reason, and you're going to have to sometimes be lonely in the process of bringing it into fruition because everyone's not going to get it. 
and you'll get more cheers and hand claps when you tell a friend or family member that you found a new job than you will when you say you started a new business. So yep, really that's it's about so true. going, right, you know, I'm sure you went through it starting your podcast. Like, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. But had you gotten a job <laughs> at the radio station, they would have said, oh, girl, she on the radio, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, so you have to basically keep it to yourself sometimes. And then go find your customer outside of your circle of influence because that's not where they are. So sometimes people want stuff and they're like, I got 5,000 Facebook friends. I'm sorry, those aren't your customers. Those are your Facebook friends. And of those mm-hmm. 5,000 Facebook friends, um, the 200 people that are your family, well, even if just my family, but I'm sorry, they're not going to do that either. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have to find your customer, which means you're going to have to invest in advertising. You're going to have to invest in advertising. I think, you know, or, you know, whether it's Facebook ads or Instagram ads, you're going to have to go find a customer that has nothing to do with who you are as a person but has everything but, but needs what you have as a product or service. So that's another thing that once you get over the emotions of my cousin didn't buy it, my mother didn't buy it, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll move a lot faster when you start advertising and investing in the proper messaging and branding to make sure that your your product is visible and it's amplified. Mm, definitely. Um, I want to shift a little bit and talk about uh, the importance of giving back. I see that you founded um, something called the Awesome Foundation in Atlanta. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, the Awesome Foundation was founded in Boston um, in 2009, by a group of students who got together and donated $1,000 to a friend who needed it for a good cause. I founded the Atlanta chapter um, in 2013 because now awesome is all over the world. We have over 80 chapters in 13 countries. And it's a simple concept. Ten friends, we come together, and once a month we give away 1,000 causes, I mean $1,000 to something that makes our city more awesome. It could be something as simple as someone – needing money for field trips for poor kids or mm-hmm. someone wants to plant plant an urban garden in an area where homeless people can eat vegetables or mm-hmm. to be a nonprofit, a small nonprofit that needs a financial boost and $1,000 would help them complete a project that they want to do. So you don't have to be a nonprofit, but you can be a small nonprofit. And we just give away $1,000 a month. It's our own money out of our own pockets. We're um, – not a nonprofit organization ourselves. We just give away our own money. So, and we do it mm-hmm. over cocktail hour, you know. So, um, <laughs> that's, cool. that, that's what, yeah, the Austin Foundation is. That's really cool. A good way of uh, kind of being a leader in your friend group and getting everybody to kind of come on board of giving back. That's really good. Mm-hmm. What are some um, hurdles that you faced? Um, you know, in your career of social entrepreneurship, uh, what are some hurdles that you faced and how were you able to come up on top of them? You know, I think as black entrepreneurs, we often face the hurdle of funding, right? Financing, mm-hmm. funding, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, something that has been, you know, something that's con- a consistent outcry by a lot of small business entrepreneurs 
um, as well as women and, and African Americans. And so that, you know, presents a hurdle, but you just have to be creative in terms of, okay, sometimes maybe I have to pivot my model. You know, I have a client who had a service and she had one thing in mind, but some, there was another way for her to generate revenue from her product, and she had no interest in wholesaling, and she was adamant about it, but she couldn't get funding. And then suddenly someone came along and wanted to wholesale, and I said, you know, you need to pivot because that's going to give you the money to do the retail aspect of what you want to do. So we have to always just be creative um, and Keep focused on what your goals are, but not be afraid to pivot where necessary, especially if it's going to benefit you. So funding, I think, has always been an um, issue um, in our community. And then also when you think about the fact that a lot of times we are our own customers, meaning that black businesses are usually only supported by black people. And we know that's tied to white supremacy, right? A lot of times other people don't support us. But but the same mindset, though, affects how our own people support us because we have to be twice as good to get business from our own people as well. And unfortunately, sometimes our own community will look for fault instead of trying to be a little patient. So I tell people all the time, you know, I am purposeful about supporting black-owned businesses, and I'm also purposeful about not being overly critical in ways that I wouldn't be, let's say, for example, there have been plenty of times I've ordered stuff from Nordstrom that has gotten delayed or lost in the mail. And if it got lost in the mail, it's not Nordstrom's fault. It's the Postal Service or UPS's fault. Um, Mm -hmm. There have been plenty of times where I've ordered from Nordstrom or Amazon, and I get the wrong thing, and that is the fault of the store, right? And then what happens, though, when we deal with our own people, we don't give them the same kind of grace because mm-hmm. Nordstrom makes a mistake, you contact them, they send you a replacement, you're done. It's like, okay, good, they made it right. If, if the post office or UPS misdelivers, you contact them, it's done. But what you find, especially when you're in doing some type of retail product uh, with your own community, is that it gets lost in the mail, they blame you. And you're like, but hey, we shipped it. You have a tracking number, but it's your fault, and you're the reason that they don't support black people, and they try mm-hmm. to support, and they give you all the extra. And then, <laughs> or 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 if you send the wrong thing, because I have a client that was so upset about this recently, she mistakenly, because she's human, and she's one person sent the wrong thing. Whereas a multi-billion-dollar company like Nordstrom, who has thousands of employees, they can send the wrong thing and have grace. But your sister who's struggling working for herself mm-hmm. out of her home makes some mistakes and sends you the wrong thing, and now you're never going to support black businesses again. That mm-hmm. is ridiculous to me, you know. Yeah. And so as black people, we have to learn how to support each other with the same grace that we give people who don't really give a, 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 a blip about us, right, mm-hmm. because we give Nordstrom and Amazon and Target all the grace and we give our own people none. So I'm very purposeful about supporting us and being patient with us and understanding that no matter how good your website looks, I know oftentimes it's just 10 or few people and sometimes it's just one person handling that 
And if I can give grace to a multi-billion dollar company with tens of thousands of employees, I can give grace to my sister Susie, who has one person, and that's herself. So I think those are some of the challenges that we face being in business as black people and that we have Mm -hmm. to be more intentional about loving each other, truly loving and being patient with one another. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Uh, Let me ask you this. Um, What impact did coronavirus, COVID-19 have on your business? Did you see an influx of people wanting to create more community and they wanted to send more cards, or did it have an adverse impact on your sales? What was that like? And that was, we're selling it, but, (laughs) you know. Yeah, for the greeting card business, for the greeting card business, there definitely was some uptick in business because people want to connect more. Right, mm-hmm. so we did experience, and unfortunately, because of sympathy cards, um, mm. and so there, there definitely was an uptick, um, as well as, um, and so I have other businesses, and some of those businesses did experience a downside because of COVID, um, but for the this, the greeting card business, definitely an uptick, um, and and so I, I definitely have no complaints there. Um, and I, I and I know and understand because I have clients who have experienced my clients who are restaurant owners have experienced um, less in-store traffic, but it it forced them to pivot in a way that they should have a long time ago mm-hmm. and add themselves to Uber Eats and DoorDash and Postmates mm-hmm. and and so now I have one client who initially was experienced a downside now has an uptick, and he's making more money, and he never thought he wanted to be bothered with those apps, but now those apps are of benefit to him. So Mm -hmm. after COVID, you know, um, he can continue using the apps and having both and having both experiences of in-dining as well as mobile delivery. Yeah, I've actually heard a lot of stories of things like that where it really caused a lot of people to kind of, in a sense, catch up with the times of, like you said, the virtual delivery, um, you know, more Zoom, people being forced to get into that whole realm in business. And now Facebook even, I think it was either Facebook or Microsoft, they launched this whole big thing about meetings that they want to be able to be the epicenter of, Um, technology that's, you know, you're able to have meetings on there. Because I think before, pre-COVID, Zoom was the main thing that everyone really knew about. You know, they had some that were specific to different companies, but I think overall mainstream it was Zoom. Um, But I was just reading an article that was talking about all of these other tech companies that um, are able to enable you to have online meetings that have sprouted up as a result of uh, coronavirus. So it definitely, I think, has open people's minds up into the possibilities and encourage them to do some new things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, it's on your bio, about a, another app you have called the Where You app, which is for black businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually going to be probably sunsetting it. I haven't decided yet. I started it in 2015 um, before all of this. It's a black business directory. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was one of those things that we'd hoped would take off, and it just didn't. We, you know, people will say, you know, hey, I, um, you know, um, want to support black businesses or list my 
business, but then we weren't getting a lot of traction with mm-hmm. that. And so, um, you know, um, and now there's an influx of people who, um, you know, want to, um, who want to um, use these types of apps mm-hmm. and, you know, they, um, they, um, there are so many out there now. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm still trying to decide if, yeah, if I want to, um, you know, continue. But it's, it's still, it's a black business app and it's on, um, it's on the, um, it's on the, you know, Google Play Store, Apple Store. Mm-hmm. Apple Store. Okay, cool. And that's the where you at. Yeah. Um, what would you say, um, is your why like what what makes you get up and mo- be motivated every morning to do the things that you do um with with your app with culturegreetings.com um you know just trying to to make sure that people have a means of connecting you know I'm all about connections and what they you know mean and and how important it is to stay connected you know and so you know, I um, just continuously strive to give people a purposeful way, an easy and convenient way to stay connected. And and that mm-hmm. is just kind of what underlines the whole premise behind, you know, culture greeting is to make sure that people can stay connected and that's convenient for them. Mm-hmm. Where do you see culture greetings, like, in the next five years? What's your vision for the company? Um, just to continue growing and to continue offering a, a means for people to connect. Mm, definitely. Um, what would you say has been uh, your most proud moment in this field of, of technologically um, providing these services for people? Um, you know what? I don't really have one because, you know, because I've been in this field for a while. Um, and I, you know, have been blessed to do um, a lot of impressive launches from, you know, CNN to building apps for Delta Airlines to, you know, so many others. And so I don't necessarily have one proud moment. I'm proud of the totality of my career. <laughs> Are you doing those people that say, like, the best is yet to come? Yes. I'm sorry, I you, it kind of broke up a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, would you say that you're one of those people that would say, oh, the best is yet to come? I haven't got to the best part of my career yet. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best um, is yet to come. That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> what would you say uh, has been the best piece of advice that you've received thus far? Um. In terms of business, to just keep going, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. keep Definitely. going, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of things will come in your path and make you want to give up, and you might take a break for a little while. I think sometimes people they misconstrue taking a break for giving up, or you know, just taking a breather to reset, reset, regroup. You may have to go in a different direction, but just because you do that doesn't mean that you gave up. You know, you're still going, right. you're still moving forward. So, yeah, I think that's uh, great advice. 
Um, so we're going to get ready to go to commercial break. We've been talking to Dr. Dion from culturegreetings.com about how she became a boss in the tech greetings industry. After the break, Dr. Dion and I will share some helpful resources to help you build your business, and we'll get into our listener letter in the Ask the Boss segment. Stay tuned. The Boss Bar Podcast will be right back after these messages. Join the innovative app providing networking on the go and entertainment at your fingertips. The Boss Experience is full of resources and endless opportunities for business and network expansion. It's more than just an app. It's the ultimate experience you don't want to miss. Download and experience it today. The Boss Experience. To learn more, visit www.thebossexp.com. Welcome back to the show. We've been talking about the Dion from culturegreetings.com, and she's just been giving us a lot of advice and talking to us about her inspirational life in the tech industry. Thanks for coming on the show, Dr. Dion. Thank you for having me. It's been great being here. Such a great talk. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into our Boss Tool segment. This is a segment on our show where we share helpful tips that you can use in your business. If you guys have a tool that you think our listeners would benefit from, please just send a message to bossbarpod at gmail.com. Uh, this is an app that I talk about a lot because uh, I really love it. It's called Planoli, and this is an app that is usually used, well, mostly used for Instagram. It's a way that you can um, set up and schedule your Instagram feed before actually posting it to the page. So um, if you guys are trying to sell things online, you really know that kind of the aesthetics that you have on your Instagram page, sometimes depending on your the person you're dealing with can make or break a sale. If you can catch their eye the longer the better it can be for you. So this app really makes it easy for you to set up your feed. You can look and see how the colors will go. You can delete and add and go back and forth and make up your mind of how you want your feed to look before you actually post it. Um, they have a free version and a paid version. The free version, I think, will only let you post um, a preview about nine grids, 15 to nine grids, and the paid version, I think, is unlimited. I use the paid version, I mean the free version, and it works just about the same. It works just fine for me, and I really love it. You guys can go and get this um, from both the Android store at Google Play and also Apple Store if you're interested, and it's called Planoli. What about you? Um, I use a similar one called Later, but also a great tool, and it's a shameless plug because I created it. Um, it's oh. called the Grateful Goals. Um, it's not an app, but you can go to mygratefulgoals.com and order it. And it's a journal planner. So one of the things that's different about it is that it makes you keep gratitude at the forefront. And it's undated, so you can start at any time. You can say, what are the things I've been, I'm grateful for that have happened to me over the last 12 months? And then you start talking about gratitude every day. So in your planning, you're constantly prompted and reminded to document things that you're grateful for. It could be as simple as, because this is not simple, I woke up today. Maybe it's all you got and that's good enough, right? (laughs) Um, And then then throughout the day, it could just be, oh, my God, they had me on, you know, um, the, the, uh, you know, Destiny had me on her podcast. That's the thing Mm -hmm. that I can document. (laughs) I'm 
grateful for, right? Um, but then your typical planning that you find in a planner, and also it has a page for you to do your vision board. So the way I do it is I take a picture of my vision board, put it in there so I can have it with me all the time. And it's like a little book. It's in book form. So it's a great planner. A lot of business people use it. My clients use it. So I think that's something that they can use. It's a Grateful Goals journal planner. And where can they get that at? MyGratefulGoals.com. Awesome, awesome. You seem like you just have so many businesses. You're just like, oh, man, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, definitely check that out, Boss Bar family. I might check, look into it myself. I like that it's undated. Um, so now we're going to go into the Ask the Boss segment. If you guys have a question about any aspect of starting a business, being motivated, or you just want to say hello, shoot us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. This question, first question comes from Sharon. She says, Hello, Boss Bar Podcast family. My name is Sharon, and I have been in the retail clothing business for the past 10 years. My business has been through a lot, but we are pushing on. I am writing in today because I am looking to expand my business outward, but I have some hiring concerns. How can I make sure that I hire the best talent for my business? Um, well, you know what? That's always something that's iffy. Um, I would say she should probably rely on um, trying to use um, an employment professional to do it, mm-hmm. um, even if it's her doing it um, with a friend that has HR experience, right? Mm-hmm. We have to leverage our tribe, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that way, if you're not sure how to find the right person, first you have to be clear about what your needs are and realistic about what your needs are. Write out your job description and think about a day in the life of that person because you can't find the right person if you don't know what you need. Um, Mm -hmm. So go out in what you think you need. Go maybe out on some of the employment sites and look at job descriptions to see if that person does, if that type of job title does what what you're looking for because sometimes when you're a small business owner, you're not realistic about what people's capabilities are, what people could typically do with a certain job title. You hire them as a sales consultant, and then you're asking them to do your marketing, and that's not what they do. So be very um, specific about what you need them to do, um, and then try to get some assistance from maybe some type of HR. There's a service, there are a few services out there now that allow small businesses to pay a small monthly fee to have access to HR. And I think it's like 99 bucks a month or something like that. And you don't have to worry about having to hire a full-time HR Mm -hmm. person. Don't know if they help you with talent identification and recruiting, but that's the start. You know, maybe finding a freelance person that can say, hey, you can say, hey, can I pay you a fee to help me vet these resumes, do these interviews and these background checks? You know, that's what's key, I think. Is to because oftentimes this type of question, the response will be, well, make sure that this person can do these things or that they have these attributes. All those things are given. You can go Google that. I think that one of the critical things is to make sure that you know what you want first because you're not mm-hmm. ready to hire if you don't really know what you want. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, in, in building your business outward, um, 
that can be a really big big deal. You know, the people that you hire, I'm not sure what the position that she's talking about, but the people that you hire really are usually the face of your business. They can make or break, depending on their position, um, your business. So I definitely would agree with what you said about considering outsourcing. If you're really concerned or nervous about it, definitely consider outsourcing or even um, – maybe even hiring a, a hiring consultant or something like that, but getting some assistance uh, with, with a trained professional. And then absolutely, like Dr. Dion said, writing out exactly specifically what are your needs, what do you need this person to do specifically, um, and not just a generic job description, but specifically what do you need them to do for you. Um, hope that answers your question, Sharon. Our next question is pretty short. Um, it comes from Nico. Nico says, hello, my name is Nico. I'm 19 from New York City, and I've been considering starting an online hair business, but it seems like my field is oversaturated. What are some things that I could do to make my brand stand out from the rest? Um, you know, what kind of field is it again? I'm sorry, what type of hair? So it says online hair business. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think maybe videos, which a lot of people are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't know, because, you know, there are so many, right? Mm-hmm. And and because there are so many, um, I think that, you know, figuring out what else is missing in the industry like what mm. what is missing, you know, um, in the industry. And and based on what's missing in the industry is what you need to solve for. I can't really give an answer to that because it's not my field. But mm. I, I can give, I, you know, like I have clients who are in fields where everyone's doing the same thing. And so one thing that we analyze is, what are the major players doing that some of the smaller businesses aren't doing? And how do we bring that into your business model? Something similar mm-hmm. that you can do that will differentiate you from others. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, looking at something like that, um, you know, definitely can be helpful, um, you know, when you think about, differentiation, because that's what's going to be critical, is setting yeah. yourself apart. And, you know, because like you said, everyone's selling hair online. So what sets yeah. you apart, um, you know, from everyone else online that's selling it? And yeah. only you know that. If it's your field, only you um, know, you know, what what sets your business apart from the others. Yeah, definitely. I think niching down, whether it's you supply a particular hair texture or maybe your hair is comes all colored already or you specialize in wigs or like uh, Dr. Dion mentioned, something with video. Um, but thinking about how you can set yours apart. And then not only that, but really believing in your product because, I mean, I think, um, no matter what business you go into, there always will be somebody else that's doing what you're doing. But 
nobody will be able to do it in the way that you're doing it. So I think having that brand confidence and really believing in your product and whatever it is that you decide, okay, this is what we do, this is what sets us apart, as long as you believe that and you put all of that behind that effort, behind your marketing, behind your sales team, uh, behind all the things that you do, I really think that you'll be successful. Um, and then I would also would add in what you said was your best piece of advice was to never give up don't give up. Keep moving forward. It may seem, you know, like you said, everybody's doing this. Um, but I, I guarantee you'll still be making sales. Everybody wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't profitable. So just really sitting down thinking about um, a way that you could de- differentiate and niche down what it is that you specifically do that sets you apart. Um, I hope that helps. Uh, if anybody else has any questions they'd like to send in, definitely send it in to bossbarpod at gmail.com. Well, it's just about time for us to wrap up the show. Um, but before we go, I have one, uh, couple, one more question, another one after that. <laughs> but what advice uh, would you have, Dr. Dion, for people who would like to follow in your footsteps? Um, well, you know what? I think that, Lead your basically. I wouldn't say my footsteps, right? Because all of our feet lead us on our own designated path. But for mm-hmm. anyone that wants to follow dreams that they have, don't allow any more things to defer those dreams. Whether it's your own fear, lack of support from family, just you know, when you think about it, dream about it, pray about, get up and pray about it, and then move forward with doing it. And one thing that I think everyone has the benefit of these days is, you know, when I started as an entrepreneur, there was no Google. There was no way to go look up information, find it. Now anything that you could possibly want to do or figure out is available Mm -hmm. to you. And so it's really just about you disciplining yourself to go and do some type of self-study or go find a class where they're teaching it and figure out what you want to do and move forward with your dreams. Absolutely. And how can we support your business? What's your website again and your social media info? Yeah, so for the um, for the um, greeting cards, go to culture, excuse me, culturegreetings.com or find us on Instagram at, at culturegreetings, and that's pretty much how you can find us. Okay, great, great. Now, this is a question that asks everyone that comes on the show. What makes you, Dr. Dion, a boss? You know what? I think that because I keep trying, I keep moving forward, um, that's really it. You know, just I never give up. Hmm. That's it. That's it right there. Definitely never, ever giving up because they say quitters never win and winners never quit. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Dr. Dion. I really enjoy talking with you about your company. I'm actually on your website now. You guys definitely make sure you check out culturegreetings.com for all of your greeting card um, needs. It's really, really easy and simple to use. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, but thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know what? I'm going to create a discount code, BOSS15, and they can get 15% off of birthday cards through the end of September. 
Oh, great, great. I'll make sure that I post that on all of our social media. Boss15, when you guys go to www.culturegreetings.com. Well, thank you again, and um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you guys again next time on the Boss Bar Podcast. You've been listening to the Boss Bar Podcast with the Fly Girl. If you would like to have your business or your project featured on the show, have questions you would like to ask the bosses, or just want to say hi, send us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time on the Boss Bar Podcast.